Can we pray? Dear God, we thank you for the wonderful your name for this wonderful weather. We thank you for the fact that there comes a time where we can just sweat it out, drink more water, and just enjoy your refreshing presence. Father, O oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts this morning be acceptable before thy eyes. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. It, is, it is lovely to worship with you today. I was speaking to uh, Elder Colin, and uh, I, I said about how, for the first time, we are not fellowshipping in our own church. And for the first time, we have to drive out here to just come and be at the feet of Jesus. Uh, not knowing what to expect, but trusting him that he will deliver. Amen? And um, when Pastor Lloyd called and said, Jones, can you go over to Hallow? I'm like, yes. He said, are you sure? I know it's a late note. I said, yeah, I'll go. Uh, but after I said yes to him, I went and I'm like, but what are you going to be preaching on? You haven't prepared anything. And um, I kept asking God, what, we, what am I going to say to the church of Hallow? Elim, the lighthouse. And uh, so I went onto the website just to have a look at the, at, at the church's website to see what you do. And uh, binge on some of your sermon, praise the Lord. Um, but even till this morning, I kept asking God, is that the message? Is this the message you want me to preach to the people of the lighthouse? Lighthouse Elim, hello. Is, is this the message? And um, in the morning, something happened, and there were, there were various conversations happening. My daughter called me aside and said, have a look at something. And I said, what's that? And I went and sat down, and I just looked at what she, she showed me, and something about, Lord, you never shift or change like the things of this world. And I'm like, why is my little one showing me this this morning? And I said, God, what are you doing through this word? And then I heard them talking about solid ground foundation and everything. And I'm like, God, these people are trying to confuse the message that I'm planning to preach this morning. Uh, can you help me stick to what you gave me first of all? And during worship, uh, our dear sister went to Philippians 4. And I'm like, okay, it looks like that's it. So I'll be preaching from Philippians 4. Praise the Lord. And the theme is standing firm in the Lord. Amen? Standing firm in the Lord. I was thinking, should we be talking about not being anxious in this season? Because this week we've seen a lot happening. We've seen a lot of people being appointed and a lot of people stepping down. We've seen so much in, in, in the government. And we've seen forecasters telling us, oh, the fact that Boris is going to, our prime minister is going to step down, resign, and all of that, it does not affect our our finances as a country. And I'm sure a lot of investors might be thinking, should we withdraw our funds? Should we still be saving? Should we be investing in the UK and all of these things? Uh, some companies will be wondering whether we need to even be investing in the UK. Some people will start thinking even about laying off staff. 
In my field of work this week, we had forms in to lay off close to six people. And we were asking ourselves, how are they going to survive? They barely made it out of COVID. Some of them are just gathering the pieces now. And you walk to work on a Monday, and on a Wednesday, you are being told you are going to be laid off. And sometimes when things like this happen, your only firm foundation is the Lord. You can't look to anyone else because even if you look up to someone else, they'll get tired and weary. They'll give up on you, you know. But God, as the little one showed me to read, Lord, you never shift or change like the things of this world. And it's true. Our God never shifts or changes. He, he does not shift the goalposts to suit his needs. If we decide not to follow Christ, he, still, he does not coerce us. He says, it's your choice. So I'll just open quickly to Philippians 4. And as we read, we see what the Lord is saying to all of us this morning. Amen. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Iodia and I urge Sintaki to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Amen? Amen. <laughs> it's interesting how situations can cause us to forget the goodness of God. Earlier this week, I was talking to a friend and I said about it's so easy for us to forget what God has done and just move on to the next thing. We are in a state where there is something constantly happening, so we are constantly on the go. We, we don't take time to sit back, take stock, and be grateful. We are constantly hungry. We, we, we have allowed the world to teach us to be a, a people who are hungry, where Whereas in Christ, we are being told that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen? 
We are chasing after everything. And um, I know, when I went onto the side, I said, well, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. And, yeah, it's evident here. Amen? Amen. But one of the things I would like us to dwell on this morning is verse 6 coming down. Or let's just say verse 8. And it says, finally, brethren, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Amen? Amen? And if we look at the other opposite of all these things that we've said, something that is false is not something we should be dwelling on. Something that is counterfeit. We shouldn't be a group of people. We shouldn't be believers who are misleading. We shouldn't be disloyal. We shouldn't be corrupt, immoral, deceptive, dishonest, unjust, partial, unfair, embellished, contaminated, unpleasant, unworthy, repulsive. All these things, if, if you listen to these words and you think about your life, the question I ask you this morning and I ask myself is, are some of these things resonating in my life? In my day-to-day life, do I do some of these things? And it's interesting because the two women, Eodia and Senteki, they had, they had some form of a misunderstanding. And the body of Christ does not thrive on misunderstanding. It thrives on unity. Uh, one of the things we learn in our cell group we call the bait of Satan. How the devil uses simple, petty things, offenses to just break the unity within the church. And Paul is encouraging the members to, first of all, once again, welcome these people in. Embrace them with love. Encourage them also to understand that what they stand for is bigger than their petty mongerings and everything else. But one of the things we learn in that lesson is the fact that we expect so much from church members. When someone in the world steps on my toes, I wouldn't be as mad for days as I would be mad if someone, if a brother or sister steps on my toes in church. True or false? I, I would stand on those, those things. I would stand on that and be offended for days. But scripture tells us that in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, again I say that if two of you agree on earth, concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Meaning, if, if there is disagreement, we are not standing firm in the Lord. And by virtue of just disagreeing, you are not standing firm in the Lord. You are not abiding by his word. And constantly, every time there is a disagreement, even though we come together and we smile, but there is some form of disagreement, our prayers wouldn't be answered. Amen? Until we go back to the root of the, of the issue, deal with it, come back to God. I know today, at some point, we'll be having communion. And the Bible tells us that even before you have the communion, even before you take upon yourselves his body and his blood, you need to make peace with the people that you have not made peace with. 
If that means stepping out of the church and going to make peace, if that means stepping out and making a phone call to someone that you've been holding a grudge against for so long that some of them don't even know. That we do these things even before we take upon ourselves his, his body and his blood. Amen? And when we go to and when he tells us about not to be anxious, don't worry about anything. And when the songs were being ministered, we heard about if he closed the lilies. How much more? How much more? If the lilies matter so much to God, how much more us who are created in his own image? But you see, sometimes the enemy wants to make sure that you lose fact of the bigger picture by magnifying the tiny things before you that you lose sight of what he's doing in your life. We are encouraged here that do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer. In everything through prayer. In everything through prayer. And our brother said, if you don't feel the love, I just want to let you know Jesus Christ loves you. Amen? Amen. If you feel unloved this morning, just go back to prayer. Ask God to reveal it to you. Because sometimes you might be receiving the love from your brother and sisters, but probably that's not the love you want. And God, who knows the intents of our hearts, can only speak to you. Man can do what he has to do, but only God can actually deal with your heart. And in Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not for those who are anxious in this season. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. Amen? Amen. Standing firm in the Lord. Some people, some of us, we stand firm in our, in our credibility to the world. We stand firm based on where we work. We stand firm based on our gross. We stand firm based on what comes to our account every month. We stand firm based on the love we receive from our spouse. I'm not saying our spouse shouldn't be loving us. We stand firm based on the love we receive from our family. Now, the question this morning is, when all that is not there, where do you go? Job had a similar experience. Everything was taken from him except his wife. And it's beautiful that in the midst of it, his wife was encouraging him to curse God and die. The only one person who stayed alive with Job was encouraging him to curse the Lord and die. But Job understood where he stood in the Lord. So he if it's God that gives, then if he takes, so be it. Amen? Amen? And also, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. One other thing that the enemy does to us is that 
He belittles the power that we have. So sometimes when situations arise, we quickly fold. Or we quickly try to find solutions by ourselves, for ourselves. We don't go to God in prayer. The number of times you call 911, the number of times you run to A&E, I'm not saying you shouldn't. The number of times you run to the GP, equate that to the number of times you go on your knees when certain things happen. Sometimes Jesus Christ is the last resort. We call him after we've tried everything else. And we are like, yo, I've tried. It's not working. Can you come? Can you, can you just come around now and do this for me? You know? But it's not, it's, it's, it's not our fault. It's the culture and the circumstances that we found ourselves. This is the society we live in. So it takes tremendous work to be able to be transformed by the renewal of your mind daily on his word. That when stuff like this happens, you can just say, peace be still. Earlier this week, someone said, in, in the midst of all the trouble, Jesus was sleeping. In the storm, he was sleeping. In the storm, he was sleeping. When others were troubled about how much, where do we get the money from to feed this lot? He wasn't troubled about that. He wasn't saying, go to the market. Let's, let's go out there. Let's look for it. He wasn't saying any of that. He was calm. And I pray today that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will be our companion. Especially in this season, that we can stand firm because the enemy is going to come at us with everything that he has, you know? And one of the things we need to also understand is that he is more experienced than we are. So when we are in trouble, the only person we can go back to who can match that experience and is even far above the enemy is God. He's been cast down so long. When, were we, when, when, when was I born? When were you born? You know, when you think about that, when, how old are we? Who is the oldest here, please? What's the oldest in this church? Back at East Ham, the oldest is 85. But even someone at 85 can still fall. We heard about Sarah and Rebecca. We heard about um, Abraham and the wife. Laughing about God's promise. Even at that age, you can still fall. So at the end of the day, the one we have to go to is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? But also, one of the things that's happening in these last days that we shouldn't fall victim to is become lovers of self. Because as we walk our daily walk, as we dwell in the presence of God, as we beam the light, the enemy tries to use circumstances in our lives to cause us to fall into a place of isolation. 
where we become a people who love ourselves, who love the money we've made, a group of people who become boastful and proud, demeaning disobedience to their parents, that's for the children, and even for us adults, because the Bible says, honor your father and mother. So as old as we are, if our parents are still alive, we must honor them. Amen? Amen. This morning, I want us to take the charge of stepping out and praying. The Bible encourages us to pray for our leaders. And we are in a season where we are about to get new leaders. The Lord has already told us that he appoints them. Whether we like them or not, he appoints them. In the case of Joseph, the Lord appointed all the people that played a part in Joseph's life. In the life of Moses, the Lord appointed all the people. He even said, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart. So, whatever we are going through now, but first of all, before we can come to that, that, that conclusion of making an agreement as a church, as a family, we have to be together. We have to let go of any strife. We have to let go of any offense. It is the hardest thing to do, I must admit. But if you are not doing these things regularly, you are losing your firm foundation in the Lord because you are not ascribing to what he has asked you to do. And it's interesting, I'm talking about standing firm in the Lord, but I'm speaking more about offenses because it's one of the strongest things that grows quickly in churches. Envy really doesn't grow much. I, I, people don't really envy you in church as much as people are offended about something you do. Someone is offended that you were smiling when they were having a conversation. They thought you were laughing at them. But that had nothing to do with them. Someone will be offended by the fact that you wear a certain perfume and it caused them to sneeze, as petty as it might sound. But as the body of Christ, if we start having all these fragments coming, coming into play, there is no way we can pray in one accord. It's no longer a firm foundation. It's no longer firm in the Lord. But the Lord, ought, the, the presence of God and the word of God is there to cause us to always do this daily scan of ourselves. For those of us who use smartphones, for those of us who use computers, for those of us yeah, who sit behind a PC every time, every single day you see there's a new update. All your apps constantly getting updated, your WhatsApp, your, your TikTok, your Facebook, your Snapchat, every single day they are getting updated. Why? Why aren't we using the WhatsApp that was invented, what, 10 years ago? Why is it getting updated? Why is the interface changing? So as believers also, we ought to be doing this level of scanning within ourselves daily to find out, where am I falling short? Is there anything wrong with my standing in the Lord? Am I anxious this morning? 
Oh, better still, I woke up feeling anxious. I woke up telling myself a lie that I'm not worthy. I woke up telling myself the job that I am in, they don't deserve me. I am not doing as expected of me. I might lose my job. I woke up feeling bad for my body. I woke up with impure thoughts. There are days you wake up in the morning and your thoughts are just awful. You don't know where they came from. And it changes the whole dynamics of your day. But the Bible is telling us, when times like this come, the Bible is telling us, finally, whatever things are true, whatever things are... So far as they are not within the confines of what the scripture is saying, don't dwell on them. Don't dwell on them. Because the more you dwell on them, it's like you planting a seed and watering them up. They begin to germinate. They they begin to grow. And when they grow, what do they do? They bear fruits. And when they bear fruits, and you keep entertaining that, you become a good farmer who is bearing the wrong fruits. As believers, some of us, even in our work right now, we are counterfeit. We are, not the real, we are not the real believers that we ought to be. But it is my prayer that we, we, we are loosed from that hold, we are loosed from that bond this morning in the name of Jesus, that we can take upon ourselves the newness of Christ and that we can stand firm in the Lord. And finally, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard you in Christ. Amen? Amen. The peace of God. The peace of God. We need, for some of us, we need that peace daily. We need it every hour of our lives. We need it every minute of our lives. We need that peace. Because scripture tells us that when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll lift up a standard against him. But if he lifts up a a standard against the enemy, are you part of the people the Lord is lifting up a standard against the enemy for your sake? The standard will be lifted all right for the enemy, but are you part of the people that the standard is being lifted up for? And as easy as it might sound, you just not standing firm in the Lord by falling for anything and everything that you hear on the news, by falling for anything and everything that a brother tells you, believing it for the gospel truth is enough to sway you off the path that God has placed you. One of the things I always say to myself when I'm sharing the word of God is, at least I know, I know the people that I'm sharing it to. But today, I do not know the people that I'm sharing it to because I'm meeting you for the first time. But I want to pray, and I, want to be, I pray and I believe that the peace of God will be upon this church. I, I do not know your story. I do not know your journey. And it's interesting that Paul was writing this letter to the people of Philippi because as at the time he's, he was writing this letter, he was in jail. 
How is a man in jail encouraging those who are outside? Is that even a thing that happens? I'm on a sick bed, and I'm telling those who are healthy that stay strong. No, you stay strong. I am sick. I've got tubes in my nose and everything. I'm struggling to breathe. I'm telling you, stay strong. Paul was in a place where he, he had the right to give up. He had the opportunity to say, you know what, enough. I'm tired. You lot, do what you need to do with yourselves right now. But Paul kept on telling them, rejoice in the Lord. Be joyful. And I think it's after like 16 times Paul kept telling them, rejoice, be joyful in the Lord. In the midst of all that you are going through, rejoice in the Lord. This morning, I do not know what you might be going through, brother and sisters in the Lord. But one thing I can leave with you is that rejoice in the Lord. I don't know the storms that are in your house. I don't know the storms that are in your finances. I don't know the storms that are brewing above your mortgage. I don't know the storms that are, dealing, that, that are dealing heftily with your health. But one thing I can leave with you this morning is the peace of God. Because it surpasses everything. When your understanding hits its limit, the peace of God takes over. Because the peace of God comes in with words of comfort, words of encouragement to let you know that, look, you are not in this alone. I am with you always. And in this scenario, in this case, I am there with you. And it is that kind of peace that Joseph had in prison as well. Where being a good young man caused his brothers to sell him off. Being a good young man as he was, he was serving. But lies were told about him, he was thrown in jail. Being the dreamer and the open-minded gentleman he was, he was explaining people's dreams, people were getting elevated, he was still in the background. He was still who he was because the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Because I am sure he, in, in, if this was our case today, we would have asked ourselves, God, I've done all these good things. I've always helped my brothers. I took food to them. I fed, I gave them food. I interpreted the dreams for the, the, the king's cup bearer, whatever. Why am I still in jail? And sometimes when we read these words of the law, when we read these words of scripture, sometimes we need to dig deeper to just get the details that are in there because it took him close to 20 years to become in charge, to be the one to control the food, where it goes, who gets what? 20 years. 20 years. The closest we might connect this to is when someone is jailed for 10, 5 years, we are like, oh, that's, that's them losing a lot of their life in jail. But Joseph stayed. He stayed. He stood firm in the Lord 20 years, just trusting, fixing his gaze on God, just trusting. That if in the end nothing happens, I'm still trusting you, Lord. I think that's one of the, that's what we need to, that's one of the results that we need to attain to. 
that if something happens, praise God. If nothing happens, praise God. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They say, you know what? Toss us in. If we are saved, praise the Lord. If we get bent, praise the Lord. And this morning, it is my prayer that whatever we are going through, may God quiet the voices of people. May God quiet the voices of the world. May God quiet the voices of the enemy that is constantly speaking in our lives, encouraging us wrongly. May God cause that to cease in Jesus' name. And that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will be our portion. And later on as a church, as we take upon ourselves his body and his blood, he said we should do this in remembrance of him. Meaning that anytime we take upon ourselves his blood and his body, it is an affirmation that whatever he went through, we are willing to go to the same. Amen? 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 Amen. Because he said, carry your cross daily. He didn't say, carry your cross when it's summertime because the weather is good. He didn't say, carry your cross during the springtime. He didn't say, carry your cross when you are happy. He didn't say, carry your cross when all things are working for you. He said, carry your cross daily. It's a daily struggle to constantly carry that cross. As and when we fall, we will get a helper. Because when Jesus got tired, he had a helper. Help him carry his cross as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this message this morning. This is where the bus stops with us, with your message. But I pray that these words of the Lord shall not depart from our mouth, but we will meditate therein day and night, that whatever is left within this message in Philippians 4, we can go back and dwell on it and be able to deduce, squeeze out whatever is left that wasn't presented in today's message that we can take upon ourselves the fullness of your presence, the fullness of your power, that when we step out there into the world, as we call ourselves lighthouse, will be the light that is shining in the world of an increased perversiveness, a world that is filled with self-love, a world that is filled with ungodly acts, a world that is filled with selfishness, greed, a world that is filled with brutality. One of the conversations we've been having recently is the fact that in the midst of our prime minister being asked to step down, there are people intentionally stepping down to make sure he steps down. And right after our noses, they are willing to stand and ask that they want to take over the person who appointed them this position. But this is what the world is teaching us now. This is what our children are learning. This is what we ourselves, we are learning. That it is acceptable to be dishonoring and honoring at, and honoring at the same time. That I can look you in the face and honor you as a prime minister in one breath and in the next breath dishonor you. Peter did that. Peter was willing to fight for Jesus Christ. But when he was asked, are you not one of Jesus' disciples? He denied. 
The Bible is our manual. Everything in here, if we look at the world, we can see. The Bible is the blueprint of what we see in the world right now. And the Bible has also given us as believers what we have to do when the times are hard. When the times are different. When the rhythm of the music changes, you don't dance the same, do you? So when the rhythm of our systems and our times has changed, we ought to also change as a church. Maybe back in the days we might pray twice. But when the rhythm of the, of the environment we live in demands more prayer, we've got to pray more. Amen? Amen? We've got to seek the face of God more. Because at the end of the day, if we don't fight for anything, we don't stand for anything. And if we don't fight for anything, we, there comes a time where we don't even have a church to be associated with. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, let your will be done in the lives of your children this morning. Let your word that has been spoken fall on fertile grounds in the name of Jesus. That it will grow, it will bear fruits, and that these fruits can be enjoyed by others who are struggling, by others who need encouragement, by others who need a helping hand. And as we go out there into the week, we also pray for your strength that we can continue to be that light. That we don't have to compromise to be loved. We don't have to, be comp- we don't have to compromise to be liked. We don't, have to be com- we don't have to compromise to be accepted. We don't have to compromise to belong. But that we will stand firm on you, O oh Lord, the perfecter of our faith. We will stand firm in you, in your word, and use your word as a tool. As a guide for our our lives, daily. And whenever we lack understanding, may your peace be abound for us, O God. May your peace be available unto us that we can tap into. And above all, may your love be great in our lives. Anyone who is seeking you today, Father, we ask, O Lord, Father, on behalf of us all, in one accord, in one agreement, we pray that, Father, there will be a divine visitation in Jesus' name. Anyone who is struggling, anyone who is dealing with a loss, anyone who is dealing with some form of pain, anyone who is dealing with a situation that they require wisdom, it is is our prayer this afternoon in the name of Jesus that you, O Lord, will grant them the wisdom that they require, you will order their step according to your ways, O God. Above all things, Father, let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.